0: So uh, like I said before, chapter 4, verse 1 through chapter 5, verse 7 is one section. And we talked about sin this morning, starting from verse 11 till verse 14. It talks about the sins of abundance. And the sin of abundance is nothing else. And Baal himself is the the god of abundance, is the idol of of abundance. And the male god Baal and the female god Asherah, they had relations with one another. And through that relationship, um, the the, the pagans believe that they can receive this blessing of abundance. And uh, the Isra- what the Israelites did was they replaced the position of Baal with Jehovah. They put Jehovah into that equation, thinking that if they do that, they'll receive this blessing of abundance from from, from Yahweh. And they thought that this was pleasing to the Lord. So, if we. Uh, if we connect idolatry to the present world, that is nothing else than uh, uh, serving the world. So in the present day, when when we serve the world, when we're obsessed with the world, that is the same as what the Israelites did and what the pagans did back in the biblical times when they worshiped idols and because of that they were unaware of the sins that they were committed, committing especially the sins of uh, immorality even though they were committing these sins they were unaware of it and without the presence of the Holy God it is really difficult to have Uh, this awareness of sin and a desire for God. And when the worship is not filled with the Lord's holy presence, it it is the same as uh, the the sin of abundance that the Israelites were committing. Because your faith in the end uh, is driven by your desire to receive blessing from God. And, uh, I mean, even though that's true, it does not mean that we, we, re- we regard the sins of uh, immorality as justified in the present day. But nonetheless, when you do not have the Lord's presence within your worships, it's very easy for us to fall into uh, the, sin of, uh, the same kind of trend as the, sin, the sins of abundance that the Israelites committed. And of course, because we are listening to the truth, we realize how important this worship is because worship is what gives us life. And so when you're able to lift up a holy uh, worship to the Lord, then that means you're encountering the Lord and you're receiving grace and mercy from Him in order for, for... for this worship to be filled with the Lord's holiness and His glory, it means that every one of you have to receive have have to have this encounter with God during this worship session, and through this worship, you can you can receive life from the Lord, and you receive strength uh, to aid you in this battle against sin and against your old self. But you're, if you're living in the world and you cannot be helped, uh, but but to fall into the temptations of sin, and so we realize how important uh, worship is for us in this sense. When it is not like this, then even your worships will be geared will be geared towards the world and your own desires. when the holy presence of God is upon his worship the enemy cannot come and uh, cause a disturbance within uh, any time of the worship but because you do not not, uh, get get rid of your problems in your spirits before coming to worship that's why you draw all those uh, evil spirits and all your bindings into the church which causes the church to be polluted And that hinders you from being able to lift up a holy worship to the Lord. So in the beginning of this ministry where there are only a few people in the church, even though we don't have a lot of church members, that, that worship itself was so powerful. Because every single person came with a desire of righteousness. And none of the worships ended with every with with people being uh, people being um, being upright all of them were on the ground screaming but many Christians of, of today they just go to church out of um, obligation and, or out of habit without any desire for the Lord's encounter or any desire for His righteousness and that's why they don't even long for the Lord's presence or His anointing anymore For those people it is actually better for them not to go to worship because they become more bound in religion if they do so. And also as a pastor, it's very upsetting and tiring to see those kind of Christians coming to church. So anyways, that's what the Israelites were doing when they started to worship Baal or started to worship uh, Yahweh as Baal. In the same way, we when we get Obsessed in when we get affected by the world, uh, our our worship itself will, will become like the Israelites too. Because abundance can only come from God. But but when you think of God as a person that as uh, as as a, as a um, as a channel for blessing only, then you deify your own, your own desires and, and make that your own God in place of the, of the one true God. And back then, when, when uh, the people start uh, to worship other gods, it, is very, it was very natural for them to bring those traditions, bring those uh, philosophies into their own offerings and into their own sacrifices. So that was the result of their sins. Anyways, let's look, examine the main text for today. So now God is uh, pointing out the faults of the Israelites. Verse 11, To prostitution, old wine and new wine, take away their understanding. So again, this is about their sins uh, sins for abundance. They were reliant on on this wine to become drunk, to enjoy themselves. And these things are not written in Hosea much, but in Malachi you can see how these Israelites become so drunk within the world and drunk within uh, their own idolatry. And that same uh, image is shown in Second Corinthians as well. The people really enjoyed getting drunk and, and falling into chaos. Even though they were being swept away by deception, they didn't mind because they enjoyed that process. And they even regarded it as uh, spiritual, uh, as being very spiritually right. And so it was regarded in a very high high, high place in the social hierarchy. And for us, we have to stay in uh, maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And of course, sometimes when when uh, the Lord stirs up your darkness within, you may fall into chaos and a bit of confusion at that time. But that is that is because God is allowing those spirits to to, to surface so that He can take care of it. So most of the time, we need to stay uh, in the right mind while being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's move on to verse 12. My people consult a wooden idol. So in Deuteronomy and um, and Malachi talks about this wooden idol, which is Asherah. So uh, wood itself has no soul; it has no, it is not a person. But how it, how does it gain this kind of uh, uh, characteristics? It is because of humans pour their desires, pour their, their their own thoughts into this wooden idol and that's why it, is, it becomes personified and deified in their own spirits. So in that sense, humans have a great power. You can make something that is not animate into an animate object. So that's why it is so important for us to not love things that are that, that, that are not a person. When we go to the new, new city next to us, they built a hotel for, for your pets, or a restaurant for your pets, and even a hair salon for your pets. So in the current room, we can see a lot of things that don't make sense anymore. building uh, where my gym is at uh, there's a hair salon for, for dogs and it only costs uh, $50 to, to get your hair dyed as a person but it costs like twice as much to get your dog's hair dyed and when you, when you look at the menu of the dog restaurants the food costs so much more than what you are eating as a person does that make any sense to you? They sell dog pies, dog cakes, and as as I examined the menu, uh, on the menu itself it says that these foods uh, are are best suited for these kind of dogs. So they divide the foods into different sections uh, uh, and divide it into different breeds. And it, you have to remember that it is a sin to, to love something that does not have a character. You need to love those, uh, you have to love things that have a spirit, that live in eternity like you and I. It is a very f- fearful thing for a human to love something that does not have a spirit that is just an inanimate object but your love and your desire and your obsession will will bring um, a spirit into that inanimate object and make it your idol so that's what this verse is talking about And there's many spiritual reasons to why humans are able to to do this, uh, why humans are able to make idols. But it is not a case of uh, the sin of abundance. It says, "A spirit of prostitution leads them astray; they are unfaithful to their God." So the, this, uh, this 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 sin of abundance is, of course, comes from. Is a part of these diverse spirits that we are fighting against. But this spirit itself comes from prostit- uh, the spirit of immorality. And the reason why it is so dangerous is because the people that are committing these sins do not realize that it is sinful and they, they think that their actions are justified and that it is an act of righteousness before the Lord. So they were un- unaware of that, unaware that they were um, they were uh, polluting themselves while committing this sin. So that's why it is such a dangerous sin to commit. So the spirit of immorality is pouring, this uh, is causing deception to come upon these people, and that's why they were, they have become confused spiritually. And like I said before, the spirit of immorality makes you uh, obsess over yourselves. So when you're influenced by the spirit, you you enjoy you enjoy uh, people's company. And when you're affected by the spirit of greed, then you just enjoy obtaining money and possessing a lot of money. You don't enjoy spending that money or doing something with that money. You just enjoy uh, having that money stored up in your bank bank, account, bank accounts. And that the, and the reason that the uh, the root of all these spirits comes from self centeredness. And when you're affected by the spirit of immorality, sometimes you're deceived into thinking that it is love. the right love and the right relationships that you must have comes from the Lord Himself so that's why I always say to the young adults of this church do not embrace anything keep anything in your heart other than the Lord those who live by the Holy Spirit and live with the fullness of the Holy Spirit realize how dangerous this is because as soon as you put something within your heart other than the Holy Spirit uh, the Spirit, uh, you will feel a lot of pain and distress And at first, when the Lord showed me uh, Mrs. Cho, the, the person that was going to be my wife, even though it was, it was given, she was given to me by God, as soon as I put her into my heart, uh, I, felt, I felt a lot of distress because I knew that the Holy Spirit did not like having to share this space with somebody else. And I couldn't bear that thought, and that's why I went straight to her and just confessed my inspiration and my feelings to her, so that I can uh, get it over, get it over with, without letting the spirit of immorality come in between us. But when the spirit of immorality is personified within you, then you w- you are keeping a lot of people within you. So even though you say that you're living by the Holy Spirit, uh, in reality, it is not what you are doing and you need to repent deeply about this in order to be to, to resolve this problem. So the spirit um, um and the sin of abundance is affected by the spirit of immorality but also the spirit of deception. So the people are deceived into thinking what they are doing is right and that is going to bring them blessings from the Lord. And of course, it is not just uh, in the case of the spirit of immorality. If you allow any spirit to come and and touch you, then it's going to become a huge hindrance between your relationship with God, whether it be the world, diverse spirits, deception, etc. Because in the end, even if the spirits are different, their ultimate goal is to make you turn away from the Lord. God originally planned and created us in order for us to rely on Him and rely on the Holy Spirit that is within us. But because the enemy knows of that, their plan is to make us turn away from the Holy Spirit. And even if they do not succeed in making you turn uh, fully against the Lord, they will try their best to hinder you and especially by limiting the works of the Holy Spirit within your lives. So that's why our goal should be to, to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit and to rely on Him at all times. If, somebody com- if something comes into you, then you're, you, begin, you begin to get deceived by it. If the world comes into you, then you will be tricked into thinking that you need the world, you need to use the world in order to serve the Lord in a better way, in a more effective way. So this is the type of ways that they can deceive you and trick you into doing what they want. You start to enjoy the world, you start to enjoy your greed, you enjoy your immorality. And in the end, those enjoyment leads you to commit a lot of sins out of your own desires. So immorality comes into you and deceives you, and the result of that is these uh, sins of sense of abundance. So it is important for us to not make idols. And in the current age, that's why cell phones or smartphones are so dangerous, because you have, you live with this uh, thing, and because you use it so much, you be, uh, the cell phone itself becomes your idol and without with your phones you become lonely you become um, powerless when you're away from your phone and if that, is, if that happens to you then that means that your cell phones have become, your, become your idols in the contemporary world everything we do is done through our cell phones so especially for the youth and for the young adults of this age Uh, Our cell phones are are, uh, filled with these evil spirits and they have become our idols. Do you guys know that when you love your pets, the spirit of immorality goes into that pet? And that's why um, I haven't seen a single pet who is not affected by the spirit of immorality, who is not possessed by the spirit of immorality. You have to to remember that um, a dog or your your cat does not have... uh, uh, this character. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, some some dog owners or pet pet owners call their pets as their children, and that is actually something that that is uh, is very wrong. So uh, please advise your church members not to uh, get a pet, because it is very dangerous and. Um, Difficult to not uh, get obsessive over your your pets. To this, day, have I have not seen a pet owner who is not affected by the spirit of immorality. So. So, for the people of today, for of this age, uh, you need to be careful of your smartphones. Do you, are you are you nervous when you're away from your phone? For me, uh, recently my phone broke, and so I have been experiencing a lot of freedom from that, and it is so. I'm really enjoying not is receiving calls from anybody. One thing that uh, that is uncomfortable when you're when you do not have a phone, is that you cannot set alarms, and so that's the only uncomfort that I have been experiencing recently. But other than that, everything else was very positive. Anyways, your cell phones are very dangerous, and anything uh, do not do not make idols out of anything. You must love the Lord and love uh, others. So let's move on to verse 13. They sacrifice on the mountaintops and burn offerings on the hills. So these are the places that are best to to make these sacrifices for fertility. And they commit a lot of sins of uh, immorality in these places. And what is the what is the judgment that comes from that that is that God is God is going to curse their daughters to turn to prostitution and your daughters in law to adultery oh no no this is not this is not the judgment of God but rather they are doing them to, they are doing these things to themselves not being aware that it is a sin before the Lord so when you are able to live with the Holy Spirit and live with the Lord your standard for sins become uh, become stricter when you live with the Holy Spirit. As you live with the Lord, even though even the things that you do not think that uh, think were sins before, if the Holy Spirit tells you that it is a sin that it, it displeases him, then it becomes an act of sin. Later on, you would be met with things that are not sins, to be exact. But it just the Holy Spirit does not is not pleased with it, and so you would you would uh, because you want to please the Holy Spirit, you would move away from committing those actions. That's why you have to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit to see whether or not He likes you doing that action or He likes you doing that thing. Especially uh, the biggest temptation we have in this age is the temptation of uh, sight. And I'm sure some of you just watch a movie if you like. But if you think about it deeply, uh, if you watch one movie, then for the rest of the week, you, you will have to. Uh, it is difficult for you to pray because the, the the images of the movie are still left within your mind, and so you won't be able to focus on the Holy Spirit and focus on God in your prayer. So when you when you live by the Holy Spirit and when you live with God, um, watching a movie isn't becomes uh, does not become easy for you anymore. Because you realize that the Holy Spirit is not pleased with that, uh, with that, with that activity. And sports. Our pastors, you guys like, you guys like watching sports, right? But you have to realize the Holy Spirit is really, is really unpleased, uh, displeased with you guys watching sports. I'm going to tell you why it is dangerous. It's because uh, you you start to hate the, the opposing team even though they did nothing to you and, and they're strangers to you. And watching sports also uh, stimulates a lot of rage within you and anger. And that's why it's dangerous and that's why the Holy Spirit is not like you guys watching sports. And some of you pastors... I'm sure some of you like uh, playing the game of Go in Korea do you think the Holy Spirit is pleased with that? some people justify their their habits by saying uh, you need to play this game in order to stay sharp in the mind why is this game of Go dangerous? it's because it trains your reason and rationality and it trains your mind and also you have to play against somebody and so it also stimulates a lot of competitiveness within you that is unnecessary I've seen many, pe- I've seen many pastors that are really obsessed with this game and this pastor has to preach in front of the church every Sunday. And I'm sure for him, he saws, he, he sees the people, he sees his congregation I uh, sees their heads as whites and blacks. Just like the pieces of the game of gold.
1: And another pastor,
0: he likes playing pool. He loves playing pool and I'm sure when he, when he prepares himself to preach or he's preaching his mind is filled with uh, the angle of the shot that he has, to, he has to shoot that ball in order to get the most amount of points and stuff like that so when you live with the Holy Spirit you will stop committing these kind of sins before I met the Lord I touched a lot of things in the world, whether it be bill, golf, uh, sports, and you know all that. When, when I was in uh, th- the first year of college, <laughs> I started to play golf because the our school, um, Tiger Woods come, came to visit our school, and the second school that I went to, uh, I started to play basketball because Michael Jordan apparently visited this school before, and there's, there's a whole rage on, uh, uh, on, on basketball during that period. And just I'm telling you that all these things um, the Holy Spirit does not like. And you have to realize how dangerous it is because as soon as you do it, uh, you open up a channel for the spirit of the world to come in and attack you. When I was younger, there was a bowling alley called Hangang. And we bowled there every week. And once, I saw uh, a Buddhist monk coming to Bow. and that was really weird to see a Buddhist monk there. So every week, I saw him for a month. At first, he came while wearing the, the, the garment of, of, of his temple and he he bowled with it but after a month I could see the change in his attire he started to wear just normal clothes started to wear a t-shirt and a a ball and a ball cap to come and bowl and that's even before meeting the Lord I realized how dangerous bowling could be for somebody especially for a religious person (laughs) Verse 14, I will not punish your daughters when they turn to prostitution nor your daughters in love when they commit adultery because the men themselves consort with the harlots. So God is saying that he is not going to punish the daughters and that does not mean that their actions are right but rather God is saying uh, do as, as you wish. I'm not going to care for you anymore. So for the children of God, the, the, the standard for sin should be very strict and high. And God, uh, as soon as we, we are doing something wrong, the Holy Spirit tells us immediately so that we can return to Him and repent. But if we continue to uh, ignore Him and neglect Him, we fall into a very dangerous state. And uh, later on, the Lord just lets us do whatever we want. Let's move on. To those who are loved by God deeply, you need to be sensitive to the words of the Father. Because the men themselves consort with harlots and sacrifice with shrine prostitutes. So it's very a, matter, uh, it's a very matter of fact for the men and the women to all fall into uh, this sin. All the men and the women of Israel have uh, fallen into this sin without realizing how dangerous it is. And for Israel, the worst thing they can do is lose their identity before the Lord, and that's what they were doing. And when we uh, when we apply that to ourselves right now, it is very important for us to remember our identities before the Lord as well. If we lose that, then committing these sins become very easy and very natural. Let's move on to verse 15. Though you, Israel, committed adultery, do not let Judah become guilty. So from this we can tell that Judah was not as bad in the state uh, as uh, Israel was. But in the end, as you know, Judah falls into sin as well. This was around B.C. 7 750. So during that period, Judah was relatively able to keep their holiness. And of course, they were committing, adult, uh, committing idolatry. But they were still able to keep uh, a certain portion of their holiness. And that's why they were not mentioned by the Lord yet. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not go up to Beth-Avon. So Gilgal it talks, it is in Bethel. And Bethel is a holy place uh, in, in memory of the Lord's miracle. And Beth-Avon, if you look at the footnotes, means house of wickedness. It's because um, Israelites, the, the Israel has, has polluted the place of holiness, a place to, to remember the grace of God. And that's why its name was changed to the house of wickedness, Beth-Avon. And do not swear, actually, as the Lord lives. So God is telling them not to swear on anything. For example, uh, Israel always, always prays in the name of the Lord. But now He's taking away that power, taking away that authority from Israel because they have polluted themselves and dis- He is displeased with the things that he, they are praying about. For us, God has, uh, Jesus Himself has given us His name so that we can pray in His name and command uh, and, and use the authority that comes from His name. And the, the amount of power that we can u- utilize from the name of Jesus is dependent on, upon the holiness of ourselves. So that's why it is important for us to keep our holiness verse 16 now we don't have much to talk about here the Israelites are stubborn like a stubborn heifer so when a heifer is born people would pierce their nose and, and put a put a nose ring on him so that peop- uh, can, they can control this cow when they need to so the Israelites were supposed to follow the Lord's commands and follow the Lord's words but they refused to, to, to obey their masters and that's why they have become a stubborn heifer they have become disobedient before the, their masters, their master so for us as servants as children of God we need to be obedient to our Father and for for us to be obedient means that we have to bow before Him that we need to pray and kneel down before the Lord at all times and ask His will but if you live by your flesh then your your uh, your free will comes in uh, starts to go against uh, the will of God but when you're filled with the Holy Spirit your free will is completely uh, obedient to the Lord and not to your flesh and you will experience true freedom when when you become a person that is filled with the Holy Spirit So you need to be continually touched by the Word of God and and, and follow its command. And you need to receive this this flow that comes from the Gospel, and it has to become easier for you to follow the will of the Holy Spirit. When you're faced with a certain situation, you don't you don't fall into despair, fall into uh, depression, and you must not rely on yourselves to try to resolve this problem. If the Holy Spirit tells you to stop, then you have to stop in your steps. If it tells you to go, then you must go. And this has to become a habit for you so that it can be applied within your life. If you live like this, then uh, obeying the Holy Spirit will become a habit. And if that is done, then um, you won't you will not face a lot of issues in your walk with God. But if you are disobedient, then you become stubborn and you become self-reliant while relying on the world. How then can the Lord pasture them in the lambs in the meadow? The lambs are supposed to follow the shepherd wherever the shepherd leaves them to go, and just they, they just enjoy themselves, eat when they are told to eat, and, and drink water from the streams they need to. As you know, lambs cannot survive without their shepherds because they have bad eyesight, and their other senses are not that good either. And so they need somebody to lead them to the good pastures and to lead them to water. Well, lambs cannot live without a shepherd. In the same way, we cannot live without a shepherd who is Jesus. If you are stubborn in your own ways, then that path will only lead to destruction. Verse 18, even when their drinks are gone, they continue their prostitution. Israel is supposed to be unified with God. Who, what is the church? The church should be unified with the head of the church, which is Jesus. So when this unification is broken, then that, then it, the, Israel and the Church cannot survive. This is common sense when it comes to the Bible. But in every moment of your life, we need to remember this fact and p- remember this principle. You, we need to be unified with God. But if you lose this unification, then everything becomes a mess. So you need to allow the Lord to come and reign over you. You need to fall under His dominion. So you yeah, you, you, must be aware of this in your daily lives. God, God tells us to uh, confirm our righteousness, confirm our relationship with Him every day. But if you do not uh, evaluate yourself in this way and you continue on your way uh, in, in your wrong, wrongdoings, then uh, it is easy to fall into this sacrifice of fertility and you start to live by your thoughts, live by your own standards. And when you continue that kind of lifestyle, uh, the strongholds of the enemy will be built within your minds and it becomes easier for them to control you in the ways that they want. Let's move on. Before, there was a person that came from the U.S. who was uh, demon-possessed. And he was a pastor called Pastor Lee. From him, you can realize how dangerous strongholds are when it's built within your mind. That pastor wrote a, a, a college dissertation saying that tongue prayer is false, that it is fake. Uh, you, um, because he wrote that paper later on even though he wanted to receive tongue prayer and even though after he, even after he has received tongue prayer and was praying by it he still thought that he did not receive tongue prayer and that's why he went from church to church asking people to help him open up his tongue prayer even though he was already doing it so from this you can realize how dangerous these strongholds are because, because you cannot see, uh, see things clearly So, do not take lightly the, uh, the, our habits of living by our thoughts. Because as you live this kind of life, at one point, your own character starts to starts to crumble. Let's say uh, greed has been personified within you. Then you cannot understand and you cannot acknowledge that our key to happiness is to receive everything from the Lord. So every day we have to uh, remember how dangerous it, dangerous it is to uh, have these strongholds built within our minds. Because as soon as it is built, we become very easily uh, influenced by the enemy. So how do we uh, get rid of these strongholds? It is too to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives daily and to continue to focus on the Holy Spirit and live by His uh, His orders. That that is what helps us escape this influence of our strongholds. If If you have to work in the world all day and you have to follow the commands of the world, for those people, I always tell them I tell them that you you must not get swept up in the world even in your workplaces. You have to make time even in your working hours to pray and focus on the Lord so that you can stay spiritually alert and not get uh, confused easily. You have to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit even in your workplaces. If you start to get the seed then you start to live by your own thoughts for 24 hours a day. When I look around in the world, almost every every person that I meet is is demon possessed in in a certain area, and that means all of them are basically puppets of the devil, being controlled by the devil in all their actions, because. They have this stronghold, they have this chip planted within their minds that uh, makes them unable to resist this temptation from, that comes from the enemy. When I went to India to hold a conference, uh, back then, uh, back then uh, 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 when I was walking the streets of India, I realized so many people were demon-possessed. But now that same phenomenon is happening in Korea as well. And when you look at the eyes of a demon-possessed person, you realize that he has no light. It is very dull and very dumb-looking. It looks like the eyes of a dead fish. From the eyes of people, you you should see some sort of spark of light. It should be very sharp. But it is not for those who are possessed. Right well, now, we're living in the age of, of technology, in the, age of, the uh, age of Babylon. But also, it is a time that God is pouring uh, His glory, His great, greatest glory upon us. And so we have to live by looking at that glory and not the things of the world. Verse 18. Even when their drinks are gone, they continue their prostitution. Their rulers do really love shameful ways. So the Israelites are still living and and lifting up these sacrifices of fertility. They're still uh, obsessive over the world and, and obsessed with themselves. Let's move on. Verse 19. A whirlwind will sweep them away. This word when it is Ruha, when we, when, uh, it can be translated as a spirit. So now it means that the people with Israel are completely controlled by the spirit of immorality. And God is going to blow them away. So God is going to judge Israel because of their sins of immorality. And this wind is not just any wind, but the judgment of God. It is a result of their sin. And so God will no longer let the Israelites remain uh, in in this sin, in this wickedness. And their sacrifices will bring them shame. So as as Israel is serving their idols, serving Baal, and lifting lifting up sacrifices of fertility, They did not realize that this was a very shameful act before the Lord. And that's why God is pouring His judgment upon Israel. So, if you if you attain anything while not living with the Lord, it's going to become your poison. So in this age, if you lift up a worship of syncretism, then the more you do that, the more it's going to poison you and, and become a burden on you. If you're satisfied with lifting lifting up a worship of religion even though it does not contain the presence of the Lord it does not contain an encounter with God it does not obtain any repentance then that that worship will become your poison it will become your downfall Every week we have to come to worship with a, with a yearning, with a desire to encounter the Lord, to receive His grace and mercy and righteousness, and, and to receive strength in order, in order for us to live in the world for the next week. But that, all those things, all those wonderful things that come from God cannot be received by us if we lift up a worship that is mixed with syncretism. And God does not, because God does not receive those worships, He does not receive those offerings. And He does not allow His uh, his Spirit, his, his presence to be poured upon those churches. Then without the presence of God, without His anointing, whatever you do in the church, it doesn't matter because it is just show and it is just actions that have no meaning behind it and That's why the, the big mega churches of this age—they rely on shows, they rely on their their orchestra, their choirs, they require on 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 these these um, performances to maintain their churches. Chapter five, verses one through seven. Verse one: Hear this, you priests. Uh, oh, the, chapter 5 talks about the, the accusations against the leaders of Israel so it begins, hear this you priests pay attention you Israelites, listen for your house this judgment is against you so God is God is uh, pointing out the, the leaders of Israel because they have rejected their, uh, they have neglected to repent against the Lord uh, repent to the Lord and drew up in a snare at Mizpah, a net spread out on t- t- Tabor. So Mizpah and Tabor are the places that they offer these sacrifices, sacrifices of fertility to the Lord. And so in those places, God, are go- God is going to set a snare. God is going to put a net, spread a net over it because that is uh, the cause of their down- downfall. So anything that you try to do, anything you try to achieve or obtain in the world while not living and relying on the Lord, it will become your downfall and will become the basis for your judgment. Worship can only be called worship when the presence of God is present in that place, but if... And so anything that you do uh, that that, that does not include the presence of God uh, will become your binding and will become your downfall. So when you're not passionate about um, the worship that is given to you, then that will become a great binding to you. And for every pastor, it's very important for you to have the right kind of attitude towards worship. And the second thing that is important for you as a pastor in your calling as a pastor is your prayer life. For your lay church members, it is okay if they do not have a proper prayer life yet. Eventually, they will get there. But that is not the same for a pastor. Because if you do not receive grace in a, in a single worship, then you have to regard that as a, uh, a very, very serious issue, and you have to be very sensitive in uh, in your relationship with the Lord. Be- when you have the right relationship with the Lord, it is impossible for you to not receive grace during a worship. And so, a pastor, a priest. Uh, uh, a pastor and a priest, you must always make sure that the offering that you're, you that you're offering to the Lord is received by God. If the presence, of, if you cannot sense the presence of God in, in your worship,s then that is a very big issue. And if you're in a state where you're you're you are not holy anymore, you're unable to lead worship in your church, then that will become a great binding to your church and to yourselves if you continue to uh, operate the church in that state. You no, know, every worship should be filled with the presence of God, filled with the Lord's blessings, filled with His abundance, and His uh, and and you must encounter Him in each worship as well. Verse two: The rebels are knee deep in slaughter. The rebels, these are people who have turned against the Lord, turned against the leaders. And since the leaders have fallen into syncretism and they're enjoying themselves in the world, God is calling them rebels. These are not my words, but the words of Romans 8, verse 5. The flesh is the enemy of the Lord. So when you live by your flesh, you you are an enemy to the Lord. Uh, Look here For Israel And for the children of God Your only way to life And your only way to success success Is to rely on the Lord To live by God And God has made you As a new covenant being And He has done uh, He has already done Everything for you Everything that is necessary For you to live This kind of lifestyle So And if there's an, uh, an issue in your faith, it is because of your disobedience and not something else. Not because of your, of your lack of knowledge or, or your lack of skills. It is because you have lived by the flesh and because you have, disre- uh, disobey- those have disobeyed the Lord. God did not set impossible standards, impossible conditions for you to fulfill and, and, and threaten to kill you if you do not obey uh if if you do not meet all the all his uh, strict criteria. No, that's not what what God did. He said, look at me and rely on me and I'll help you through all these all these standards that I have created created. And since he is the source of life and he's the creator of all life. He Himself says that He's going to help us. He's going to aid us in this process. So all we have to do is obey Him, follow Him. So the reason why you cannot do something is not because you can't do it. It's because you, 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 you're not willing to uh, follow the Lord. And that's why you're always complaining to God, saying, It is so difficult. It's too difficult. if living with God is difficult then what what else uh, what can be easy because there's nothing more simple than living with the Lord (laughs) is it easier to live with demons I should know because I knew a lot of shamans back in the day and all of them were tormented by by, their de- by these demons, and they were always drunk because they needed something to help them get through each, each every day, each and every day. And I heard that a, uh, when a shaman passed away, when, when a very, uh, very highly regarded shaman passed away, what, on her deathbed she said to her children, oh, "You guys have to, you guys have to follow the the, the greatest." demon and she was referring to Jesus so I've lived a lot of lives I've lived in the world I've lived in the church and I've lived with God but if I was given a million church a million a million a million choices I would choose to live with the Lord Because with God, even if you commit a hundred mistakes, he's only—he—he he might yell at you once or twice. And when, even if you have committed a lot—a lot of mistakes, when he—when you do something right for once, he encourages you and he praises you for that—for—for for that thing that you did right. And so, uh, it's very simple and very easy to live with the Lord. So well, you have to realize that in many parts, you are being deceived by the enemy. Some people still think of salvation as the ticket to heaven, no it is a matter of, of glory. And if you realize the standard that God has for us, then we, we, sh- we cannot help but become more obedient, more passionate for the Lord. Lord, is there something I can do for you? Is there something else I can offer to you? But because you're deceiving your minds. Uh, I don't think any of these people are left within our churches. But a while ago, some people thought that offering money to the church meant having money taken away from them, that God is taking away what they have earned uh, very hard in the world. And that is a very uh, d- dangerous thought and wrong to begin with. So, anyways, rebels are knee deep in slaughter. So there was there was a lot of acts, uh, a lot of acts of slaughter and murder during this uh, age, uh, during the reign of Jeroboam the second. So uh, the rebels are knee deep in slaughter. I will discipline all of them. And uh, a lot of ass- assassinations happened during this period as well. After. Uh, Jeroboam the second so every month or, or every month or every two months the king or the leader would change because they were assassinated and you have to realize that all these acts of murder or all these uh, acts of sin are what bound the Israelites so let's move on to verses 4 to 7 uh, no verses 3 I know all about Ephraim Israel is not hidden from me Whatever God uh, plans for you, He plans that because He's going to give you the most amount of, uh, uh, um, uh, most amount of joy, most amount of growth, and everything that is good. His intentions are good, but when you disobey His words when you disobey His will, you're turning away from all these, uh, all this abundance that He has prepared for you. And that's why your sin continues to stack up from uh, stack up within you, and that leads to spiritual bindings and, and strongholds being being built within your mind. But even though Ephraim should 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 have known how precious uh, uh, God is, they have chosen to turn away from the Lord. They turn to prostitution, and that's why Israel was corrupt. Corrupt. And because uh, they commit, continue to commit the, these sins against the Lord They cannot help but turn away from God But it should be the complete, complete op- opposite for us We need to continue to meet the Lord And encounter Him so that He will show us what sins are within us So that we can remove it and be, be, become righteous And holy and blameless before the Lord But because Israel has lost this righteousness They have turned away from the Lord and become corrupt But God does not neglect them. He will judge them and pour His punishment upon them until they return. Verse 4, their deeds do not permit them to return to their their God. This is a very uh, fearful statement. Their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. What does this mean? It means they cannot repent. When it says their deeds do not permit them to return to their God, what does it mean? I mean, they're supposed to be aware of the Lord and and have the Lord help them to, to, to show them their sins so that they can repent and become empty and become whole again. But because they're focused on their deeds and their actions, uh, rather than cleaning out the sins that are accumulated within them, they're building more upon it and they, t- they become more and more wicked and they go to a state where it is impossible for them to repent anymore. That's why uh, when, I say that, uh, when I say you should not create idols or personify anything, the reason for that is because it makes you unable to repent before the Lord. And you're unable to repent because the weight of the sins that you have accumulated is too great for you to bear. And we call these people um, rebels against the Holy Spirit because of their sins, they are unable to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit anymore. And they're unable to hear uh, the Holy Spirit groaning within them. And right now we're in an age where it is difficult to, to find uh, righteousness. So let's look in Isaiah. We are living in that kind of age. Isaiah 59 verse 9. so so justice is far from us and righteousness does not reach us so justice and righteousness is still present but it's far and difficult to find so uh, righteousness uh, is only a sliver right now but what is more fearful comes afterwards which verse is it verse 15 truth is nowhere to be found and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey so now even if you want to escape sin it is impossible to do so because sin has been personified already right now you cannot survive without uh, your cell phones And now it is difficult for you to, to, to get rid of uh, all the things that hinder you in, in your relationship with the Lord. We should only seek the Lord because He is the source of life and He is what helps us to, 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 to go on and survive. But now it's be- that has changed. We seek other things. We seek the world. We seek our cell phones in place of God to help us. Like I said before, um, when you're in a, when you're a part of a gang and you want to leave that gang, the the condition for you to leave that gang is to get nail uh, nail clippers and clip off all all the skin on your knuckles, all ten. And then uh, the gang organization might uh, allow you to leave. So even leaving a gang is so difficult and so painful. Imagine how difficult it is for you to escape your sins the Lord looked and was displeased that, that there was no justice. So after this 10-year period, and after the Third World War, it's going to be the, the apex of the, of the wickedness of the world. At that moment, it will be like the prophecy of Isaiah 59 where uh, justice is far and righteousness is difficult to find. And since there's no righteousness present anymore, what are what what meaning is there? Uh, what point is there to have churches? No, this righteousness will only remain in the remnants that God has chosen. But the rest of the world will fall into chaos and fall into wickedness, because the Lord's righteousness cannot be found anymore. in the just common churches of the world in the contemporary world they do not know what righteousness truly means because it is not present within the churches anymore
1: i'm sure a lot of you
0: heard about righteousness first in this ministry in this church And in the Bible it says the righteous commit, does not commit any sins. And how is that possible? Have you guys heard this message before anywhere? Israel is in this state. Justice and righteousness is far from them, And we can say that it was not at all present in, uh, in Israel at that moment. So we must not take lightly what repentance is for us. If you're living correctly before the Lord, then it means your, your repentance has become very deep and intimate. Look at the world right now. Look at how the world is, is turning out right now. Do any of the churches talk about repentance? Pastor Gerardo from Paraguay, he's a very faithful servant of God. But when I first met him, he, he said something that shocked me his father-in-law was also a pastor as well and he himself was a pastor he said something that was shocking he said you are the first person that talked about repentance for me my whole my whole life isn't that shocking? A faithful and sincere servant like him never heard the word repentance come out from the mouths of the pastors that raised him. So that means none of the churches talked about repentance, and none of them repented before the Lord because they do not realize what righteousness is and how important it is. Did not have this uh, spirit, this feeling of inspiration that comes from knowing the righteousness of God. And the reason why they don't talk about righteousness is first of all, they don't know what righteousness is and so it's very uh, it's embarrassing for them to speak of it. And right then rather than talking about the righteousness of God they talk about uh, uh, they they focus more on their bond and their relationship with God. And uh, to those churches the, the way they treat their head pastor would be like treating uh, a boss of an, of an organization rather than a church <clears throat> because they focus more on their human relationships than righteousness. So with our true very eyes, we can see how wicked the world is right now and is falling deeper into this darkness. And now everybody is focused on themselves. They become their own standards. And so, if it is pleasing for you, then it is right. And if it is not pleasing to you, then it is wrong. Look at the war between Russia and Ukraine right now. Both of them think that they are right, because they're, 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 they they um, they they understand everything and accept everything through their own perspectives. So, where are we? Let's go back to verse 4 A spirit of prostitution is in their heart They do not acknowledge the Lord So uh, a spirit of prostitution is in their heart means that this spirit of prostitution Has been personified in them already And so they are easily and fully deceived By the spirit right now And that's why they do not acknowledge the Lord anymore So no matter what spirit it is If it is personified within you then then, uh, it it causes you to turn against and rebel against the Lord. So let's say the spirit of immorality came into you. Then that spirit will cause you to focus on people and in the end it's going to cause you to not believe the word of God the word of uh, the Lord. And you fall into this deception and later later on the ultimate goal for them is for you to turn completely against the Lord but, but just know this the spirit of immorality always ends in the spirit of doubt and unbelief and no matter what, what, what route it takes that spirit will always lead you to doubt and not believe the word of God so do not be deceived into thinking you can live with the Lord in even when you're affected by the spirit, anyway, let's move on to verse five. And uh, from all these spirits, I think the most powerful and the most dangerous is the spirit of unbelief, because it is what causes you to turn away from God and rebel against God. It is the spirit that is controlled by the Antichrist. So the two uh, most dangerous spirits in the church is unbelief and uh, the spirit of rebellion. Of course, all the the other spirits are dangerous too, but these two are most dangerous because um, they cause a lot of chaos. Let's move on to verse 5. Israel's arrogance testifies against them. So, uh, Israel's arrogance has been has been personified to them as well. translation says uh, Israel's arrogance shows its face and uh, it's translated in this kind of way so that's why he's talking about what the, what, what this reveal is anyways arrogance is arrogance comes from those who live uh, with those who live by uh, those who are rebelling against the Lord those who live and and enjoy their sins and this is a very dangerous state when you are a spiritual being because because this person is very self-centered and very self-reliant for example people who always say, to be honest, uh, I think this, to be honest that, to be honest this this, this, this kind of person, this person, a person with this kind of characteristic is is a person who has uh, uh, almost a different self, a different identity within them. And those who have uh, greed personified within, them, and those who have uh, immorality personified with them have these kind of characteristics. They are all arrogant in the end And when you're in this state, the strength of your flesh is very strong already. And those who have uh, the spirit of despair personified with them, if somebody else sighs, they have to sigh with them. So uh, look at the words that you're speaking every day. what kind of words are you speaking? Are you speaking words of hope, speaking words of unbelief or anger? Depending on what you're speaking, uh, what you're talking about each day, you can see what kind of spirit is is, is operating within you. Uh, those people, we don't even need to do spiritual discernment for them because from their words we can just tell what spirit is acting upon them at the moment. So every day we need to speak words of encouragement, words of victory to one another. Amen. And the uh, easiest way for our own arrogance to, to show its face is through our words. So from from somebody's words we can tell what kind of what kind of socks is within? Is is working within them? And the very and and the reason why it is able to reveal itself means that, uh, is because it is very powerful already. It has built a lot of power within you. So let's move on. The Israelites, even Ephraim, stumble in their sin. Judah also stumbles with them because they have so much strength built within their socks, built within their flesh right now. Uh, they stumble in their sense. And what does it mean to stumble? This word stumble is, has the same meaning as being uh, dizzy and, and not, being, not being to walk properly when you're drunk. So that's the kind of state that they are in. Because the strength and the power of their flesh is so strong, they cannot even control their own bodies correctly. When the strength of your socks is great even though even though you know you know where the lord is face where, where you have to face in order to face the lord you cannot make yourself walk on that path because you're like a drunk person who's unable to uh control his motor skills properly so that's why we have to continue to kill and deny the strength of our flesh judah also stumbles with him So we thought Judah was was okay, but um, because Judah is also building up the power of the flesh, they will stumble with him as well. Verse 6: When they go with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord, they will not find him. So even though now they're trying to go and meet the Lord, they will not be able to find him because it is too late. Even when you want to encounter the Lord, you cannot encounter Him during worship because you're so deeply uh, drenched in, in wickedness in your own desires in sin and that's why that's why the, the Lord has the, the, Lord, the Lord Himself has turned away from you when Moses was on Mount Sinai even though the leader of Israel was absent from the congregation the, the, the Israelites thought that it would be pleasing to the Lord if they made their own sacrifices if they made their own idols in the same way in the big churches of today what they, even though they do not know righteous, what righteousness is even though they do not have the presence of God with them anymore they, they, they invite people to come and perform in the churches to gather more, even more people thinking that that is the right thing to do So we're almost at the end here. Let's move on. So look here. God is very sensitive to holiness. So He is not willing to accept anything that is not holy. Verse 7, they are unfaithful to the Lord. They give birth to illegitimate children. So this is just a continuation of their sin. They continue to become corrupt, continue to get polluted. and in chapter 4 verse 6 it said my people are destroyed from from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge i also reject reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of your god and i was i will also ignore your children so uh, israel has lost their identity before the lord like i said in the morning the reason why i was afraid of being a pastor is because if i if i lead my ministry in the wrong way, then I'm not the only one that is going to uh, uh, be affected. The people beneath me, the church that I'm leading, will also be affected and will also walk on the wrong path because of me. That's why even when I was proposing to my wife, I said I will never, never, never become a pastor. I will live out the rest of my life as a church member. And I even con- con- convinced my in-laws that I was not going to become a pastor. That's why they allowed me to marry their wife, uh, their their daughter. But uh, if you do everything that is the opposite of what Israel did here, then that means the Lord will uh, adopt, the Lord will call us His children again. There's a brother in a church called David, and he already has eight people in, in his family line that were pastors. And so he desi- he had no desire to become another pastor in his family line. But recently, God changed his mind, and he has chosen to walk on the path of to become a pastor, an extraordinary pastor, not an ordinary pastor. So your calling as a past to be a pastor in this world is very important. When they celebrate their new moon feasts, he will devour their fields. So new moon feasts are, is called Horish, And he says he will devour their fields. Is this good or bad? It's bad, right? He's going to devour their fields, their, their families, all that they own. The, the new moon feasts uh, are held during the darkest night of the month because it is when the moon is at its darkest phase and it is a very important feast uh, for the Israelites and why is that in Ezekiel 46 it talks about the sacrifice and offering that will be lifted up in the new uh, in the millennial kingdom and these worships, these offerings will be held in on the day of the Sabbath and on the new moon feasts. These, these on the on there there will be worship and offering on these two days only. So that that, that is how important this feast is for the Israelites. And. This feast uh, is 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 representing the desire of Israel to 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 um, to rely on the on the Lord to help them go through the time of darkness by holding this feast on the darkest day of the month. So they're offering this darkness this this darkness to the Lord, saying, "Lord, we are willing to let, to to uh, overcome this situation through your hope. Tomorrow, the last day. Let's pray. Today, uh, also, you have to enter into the presence of God in your time of prayer. And once again, evaluate yourself to the Lord and, and confirm of your calling before God and thank him for giving you such a glorious calling in this age and especially today the Lord is uh, is inspiring me to say that you guys really have to look at the worships that you you have offered to the Lord before and evaluate them. Is there a problem is there an issue of the Lord's presence in your churches? And if there's a problem then is that does that issue lie in the on the pastor or on the congregation? If it lies on the pastor then it is an issue of Uh, the truth and it it, it is an issue of your calling and if it is an an issue that lies on your congregation then it lies on the lives of of your church members are they pulling in the the spirit of the world as they come to church does the issue lie on both the pastor and the congregation then that is a huge problem that you need to pray about and ask the Lord to help you You must not neglect your, the, the state of your worship it, if it is not filled with the glory and the holiness of God. Every worship should be filled with the holy presence of God because that is a promise that, is, that has been given to us by God. And since God has promised that He is going to pour His holy blessing upon every worship, if He does not do so, then that is a huge problem. And uh, if you evaluate your churches, you might see a lot of other issues. In the case of uh, an issue with offering, offering is a, offering is a, a gateway for the Lord to help. Uh, uh, for the Lord to help you guys operate your churches, and, and is a source of abundance. And if there's an, an, an issue with the offering that is lifted up with the church, then that is an issue with the glory that is present in your church, and it is an issue that comes with the free will of your church members. And they need to they need to be transformed in every worship so that they can actively choose to follow the Lord uh, using their free will. And all these nutritions, all these all this grace can only be given to your church, given to your church members through uh, a glorious worship. And theologically speaking, it is... Uh, well, all the things that we, we, we study in theology should... Or the things that we talk about in in the leadership program should be present within your church in all in, in, in every worship. Inner healing should happen. Uh, spiritual discernment should happen. Mm. Because God has already given us, He has blessed all of our churches with abundance. And so the, the greater the presence of God uh, in uh, presence of God in your worships, the more amount of money the church is going to receive from offerings so all the elements of the church are decided upon uh, the, the presence of, the amount of presence that, that of God that is poured upon your church during worship without this glorious worship uh, your offerings will go dry your church will go dry And the relationships will go dry as well. So in this time of prayer, pray to the Lord seeking uh, His help. Ask Him uh, where the issue lies in your church. If you do not know that there were issues within your church, then the Lord, was going to, uh, go to, the Lord is going to show you those issues right now. And if you knew about those issues and neglected it, then you really need to repent during this time of prayer. Lord, would you come and, and encounter us in this worship, uh, in this time of prayer?